Hi, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new year, a brand new decade, and a new episode of the Ungrown Ups podcast. This is episode six, otherwise known as the sixth episode. And our guest today is a really good friend of ours named Tim. And we're super excited to have him here. Super awesome dude. Uh, and that being said, let's get right into it. Tim, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, I guess we'll start off just a little bit of if you want to kind of intro yourself, who are you and why are you here? Why are you an ungrown up or why are you associating with ungrown ups? Right. Makes sense. <laughs> um, well, I, I, that's a good question, but I think ungrown is a state of mind. And obviously uh, being my history of playing with dirt bikes, playing video games, playing with anything that a normal 14 to 16 year old kid would play with probably uh, makes me an ungrown up pretty easily. 14 and 16 that's actually pretty like dead on <laughs> yeah you're still like uh so you i mean we have some friends in common so you're still playing uh you're playing xbox with dan and everybody right yeah, yeah. what game are you playing a ghost recon breakpoint although i think everybody's pretty tired of the grind so we're oh. looking for something new all right are you, you the guy that's like talking smack while you're playing the game or are you just all sniper action or what's no, your, no, what's my, your playing style? My, it's very much Rambo, which I think gets, <laughs> gets on Vic and Dan's nerves, but just uh, running guns blazing and then you're dead pretty much. And then come save me. That's you're, my yeah. Play. You're, you're one of the people I can't stand playing with. Cause I'm all, I tried to be all sneaky and tactical and, and then here comes somebody burp, streaking in. I don't, I don't play those games probably for that reason. Like yeah. I, that whole, like, Oh, it's a strategy. It's like, no, I just play for fun and, yeah. yeah, I I don't typically like online game very much, but every once in a while, um, I've been stuck on Forza. Honestly, Forza Horizon, I can't get off of it. Really, yeah. it's so much fun. Yeah, my son, my son's been playing that still. He's got Forza Horizon four, three, and he's got Forza Motorsport six and seven. And then he just picked up a, a new game for Christmas. He picked up a uh, the, the the crew, the crew two. Okay. So he likes that one only because you can race. Uh, dirt bikes, boats, cars, planes. So the fact that it's not just car racing, he can now dick around with other vehicles and crash them into people and stuff and see what happens. Well, talking about, speaking of dirt bikes, Tim, you actually were involved in that industry as a career, right, for a while? Yeah, no, I started my career basically in that industry for the first, I'd say that was the first 20 years of my career. I was a journalist for 12 years with Motocross Action and then branched into PR for Yamaha and Suzuki and... Is motocross action even still around? That is probably the only one still around. Really? To be honest. There's only three print publications in that field right now. That's yeah, because I mean that was recent news, like what maybe a month ago or so, that a lot of uh, the automotive magazines from the Enthusiast Network, uh, which is like the parent company behind Motor Trend and all those and Road and Track and all that stuff, is folding what's something like twenty plus titles. Yeah. Like Truckin' is gone and all these car craft and all these other enthusiast automotive publications. So it's it's kind of interesting to see that there's still print around but i mean motorcycles is still a pretty big industry but to be down to only a handful of publications is kind of interesting are yeah. they folding them completely or are they just going they're to, going to digital all, only yeah, digital only right but i mean that's kind of the same thing as just getting rid of them because i mean i, I don't know how much of a following there is online to read these articles <laughs> right you know unless unless it goes to more of like a a blog type of format where there's new articles daily if it's a digital monthly publication i think it's just kind of dead but I don't know. And most of them are just becoming digital, just like websites, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the only way I think it makes sense because then you have a reason to come back every day. But 
then you have all the stupid autoplay video ads and the banners and the pop-ups and all the other crap that you got to deal with on a website. It's so, actually more expensive to run those because you got to think at magazine, you're only doing 15 stories a month or right. you're doing 15 Story stories day. a day on the yeah. website. So, but motocross action, they're probably the strongest because they're a mom and pop and it's much easier to do sure. when you don't have the huge overhead of a million employees. I mean, the True. same guy has owned it since 77, I think. Oh, wow. And it's just a small, small crew with only one or two editors per publication, which makes it easy to basically maintain and not have a lot of expenditures. It's a pretty good magazine, too. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're considered the Bible of that industry. Right. So. But they've also, like I said, the, the editor has been there for 40 years, so he's kind of the voice. Yeah, he gets it. So speaking of <clears throat> speaking of motorcycles, uh, I don't know if you've been paying attention to any of the KTM announcements or, or the Husky announcements. Have you? I've been watching them all. Yeah, so, so the Norden 901 going to production, I'm... So incredibly excited, but then I actually just read that it looks like they're going to do a Norton 501. So I just went to Cars and Coffee yesterday morning with my son, and yeah. I was walking around. I bumped into my old neighbor, and she is now dating the dude that does the PR for KTM and Husqvarna. Really? So he's supposed to be dropping off a whole bunch of autographed posters and swag for my son, but I might need to grab his business card and pass it along over to you. Yeah, I uh, I, I would not be opposed. Then they're in Temecula, I think, something like that, right? They're pretty close, so... Um, but yeah, the, the new, I mean, if that announcement is true and there's a 501 Norton coming out, like a 500 adventure bike, my garage is about to get a little more, uh, <laughs> a little more full. You wouldn't get rid of anything. You just add to it. I don't understand. <laughs> it's like your Lego collection. You yeah. just add. Well, there's, there's, there's this optimal thing, right? So any, I guess you can kind of apply this to anything, but I, I got this from road bikes from bicycles and there's the, the optimal number that you're supposed to own or should own or can own or whatever it is, is N plus one and being the current number owned. So, yeah, I mean, why not? I heard, some, I heard a similar mathematical formula, and it's based on number of cylinders, and it's your age plus, like, a certain number. So it's basically like if you have, you know, two V8s, well, you're falling behind. You need to have, you know, multiple. Is that like the dating thing, half your age plus seven? I, I don't know. Socially I acceptable. think it's just some sort of awkward justification for your spending habits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, every bike does something a little bit different, right? So, you know, I have a 501, but I don't have a 501 Adventure. Uh-huh. So I, would, okay. I would go with like the 690 Adventure. I think 501 might be a little small engine size for long hauls. Yeah. But Ryan's a petite guy, so the smaller bike. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whose standards you're using on that one, but but thank you. Yeah. I actually appreciate that. If it, it has been the holiday season, so it definitely feels like uh, petite is not the right word. Yeah. If you've ever seen the Guinness Burger World Records and it's the, the world's fattest twins and they're on those little tiny little bikes. Get out of here. <laughs> Wow. That escalated quite quickly. I think that mental image, for as a kid, I always used to flip through the Guinness yeah. Records. And whatever reason, those world's fattest <laughs> twins, and it was like a black and white image. Oh, I know it well. Yeah. They're in overalls. Yeah. 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 And just, I don't think that image will ever be wiped out unless there's newer, fatter twins on smaller bikes. But it's man. just funny that you mentioned this Guinness Book of World Records because as kids growing up, that was like a thing. Everybody studied those. Now, yeah. if I had asked my 14 year old now what that is, he would be like, huh? My son has been asking for years for one, and he finally got one for Christmas this oh, yeah. year. Nice. Yeah. So is he going to pick something out of it? And well, he was it? he was reading all of the, the Guinness Book of World Records, and he's like, oh, it's like this and this. And I'm like, I know. There's a lot of records. Like, yeah. Well, anything. He, There's records for anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I have uh, some buddies that are trying to set the uh, Guinness Book of World Records for the most expensive jar of salsa ever sold. And okay. it's it's a weird thing, but it's it's a charitable thing. Uh, one of our, our buddies um, makes chili, or not chili, makes salsa, and he does it as a Boy Scout fundraiser for his son's Scout troop. So Got it. taught them all the process, and they're all making the jar, and they sell it. So instead of selling popcorn or nuts, they're selling salsa to raise money for the troops. 
Well, his wife has cancer. Oh. And so it's like the third time it's come back. And so this was his final jar. He's, he wasn't going to make any more. So he put it up on eBay uh, to generate funds to pay for his wife's sure. cancer treatment. And the, the jar raised over four grand. Um, but a bunch of buddies raised using um, PayPal pool over 20,000. Oh, wow. So basically they bought that jar using that proceeds and then all the extra they're just going to give the guy. So the guy basically sold a jar of, of salsa for $20,000, but officially through eBay it's sold for 4000 plus. That's pretty cool. So that's actually going to get submitted as a Guinness Book of World Records, world's most expensive salsa. i got to find something. Yeah. World's longest toenails? I mean, no, so, no, 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 no. That's oh, been God, done. That's so <laughs> disgusting. That's been yeah, done. So, oh, you don't want to don't records. Go, don't Google that. No, no, do, do not <laughs> Google that. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. It'd be something like what's something lazy? Something Most lazy. hours of consecutive TV watched or something? I don't even think I could do that. I think it's I'm like sure, a, I bet you do that. It's like 365 days or something stupid. Probably something stupid. Could you imagine like who sets out to want to do that? Well, and the thing and is, you don't leave your house. Yeah, and then you have to verify it. So you have to have like all the proper uh, data recording or cameras yeah. or witnesses and everything that signs off on you doing this stupid feat of something. Sounds terrible. But your name would be in a book. Yeah, but I don't want it in a book for that. <laughs> and it's already in many books. Phone books. <laughs> right. Not many good books, though. No, yeah. no, they're all pretty terrible. Actually, when I was, uh, when I was growing up, so my... Um, one of my cousins super into Formula One and we would get up and watch all the Formula One races and stuff. And he had this book that was all about kind of the history of motorsport. And he would take it to all these races and have people, you know, if they're in the book, he would get them to sign it. It was super cool. And I remember one day, I I can't remember what we were doing, but like family get together or something like that. And he brought the book out and it's time for you to sign it. Because I had just won, uh, I think I just won Co-Driver Championship that year. So I got to be officially in the book. That was pretty cool. That's very cool. It's the highlight of my career. It's been downhill ever since where do you have you signed it just, just in a, somewhere the in there randomly yeah yeah yeah. i think it was like on one of the covers or something next to some other person named ryan you're like all right just sign no, here no 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 no. there's nobody but you look through this thing i mean he had some proper stuff in there it was really really cool it was really neat to see the challenge though is with signatures is like you can't always read them so you're like oh i had so and so sign it which one is it uh that one well, the book had enough people in it that if he could, that he'd sign right next to, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Or that makes sense. Yeah, they're next to their picture saying, okay, that's Mario Andretti or whoever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mario's a pretty cool guy, actually. Really nice. Nice fellow. Yeah? Have you had a chance to meet him? Huh? Have you had a chance to meet him? Yeah, I've seen him out at races and stuff. And, okay. You know, he's still, he's still, what is he, like 80 or something like that? And he still drives uh, those, the two-seater. Two yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. He's taking people around Long Beach at like full chat and... He doesn't go slow, that's for sure. Nope. He has not slowed down. No. That's kind of the way to go, though. I mean, if you can still do it, why not? Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Do you see yourself riding your motorcycles until, like, you're old? <coughs> like, 70, 80? I don't want to stop, but I don't also want to be, um, <coughs> excuse me, I don't want to be, like, dangerous. You know what I mean? If so you're just going to put, like, ape hangers on your rascal scooter? Yeah. <laughs> If you had asked me that question maybe a decade ago, I would have said, yeah. I mean, my dad raced till he was 70, but kids, injuries, other things do slow you down. Yeah. So, yeah, once, in my opinion, once motorcycling gets in your blood, it never goes away. Like, you'll always follow it. But, like, I haven't raced motocross in two years, three years. Yeah. 
Would you do the, what do they call those? Uh, Like the three-wheeled motorcycles where it's got the two wheels up front. Yeah, not the trike. Oh, like the the, the Can-Am? Yeah. Yeah, Those are not motorcycles. Yeah, I'm not. I don't care what anybody says. Those are not motorcycles. Those are cars that lost a wheel. I actually met, uh, I met this group. It was two guys and their wives uh, in, where was I? Somewhere up in, like in Utah or something like that. And uh, it was pretty funny because they, we were all talking. They were on trikes. They were older. One of the guys had gotten hurt and he's like, look, this is how I, I can keep riding. And the wives will go with us. They were on regular tracks. They were on converted Harleys. And the two wives said, well, you know, we don't really want to admit this, but we ride Can-Ams back home. We know they're not real. It was pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Like, they preemptively were like, we know they're not real. I have no issue with them. Just they're not motorcycles. I totally get Well, because you don't even them. need a motorcycle license to ride them. The Can-Am, you can actually just drive with a, a, a driver's license. Right. So you can just ride. Correct. Right. So, I mean, I, I, trust me, there is a place for them for, mm. for the people that can do it. Like, motorcycles make a lot of sense in California because the lane splitting in other states... It's all about, you know, hair through your open face helmet and or helmet. You don't have to wear them in some states. Wow, that, that always trips me out. It's like you're in Florida and people just riding around bareheaded basically, you know, on a bike. You're like, Oh geez. I've, I've done it twice. I've never done it. No, I did it well and it wasn't even far. It was like two blocks, three blocks, and it I don't like it. Was yeah, it the weirdest feeling? Like you feel naked kind of doing it? Yeah, you feel Horrible. Exposed, like it's yeah. weird, yeah. And one time was just moving the bike around a corner because I had to put it on a trailer. And I, this is going to be even better. I had flip flops, shorts, and no helmet. Oh, spot on. Yeah, it was exactly it was the SoCal or the Florida trifecta. Oh, yeah. Now I pr- I love like open face helmets, goggles, motor motocross goggles yeah. on a on a street bike. There's something cool about just feeling the the breeze in your face. Where now, how many bikes do you still have? Zero. Zero. I got rid of my last one last week. That's sad. It Did you sad. sell it because you didn't want to move it? I actually gave it back. I gave it back. It was Suzuki DRZ125, and I gave it back to the guy who gave it to me. You'll, you'll find that the motorcycle industry is like a very, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. It's a common bond, like a brotherhood. And this person knew my son was getting into riding, so he said, hey, my son outgrew this. I'm not looking to sell it. You take it and teach your son how to ride, and when you're done with it, yeah, bring it back or whatever. Person or yeah, bring yeah. it back. So that's what I did. Did your son learn how to ride on it? Yes, not well, but yes. Because <laughs> with a dirt bike, it's not like you can really do training wheels. It's just a matter of getting out there and doing it, right? I mean, I mean, I see you can start with the small, like the, the pit bikes and the, the real small, you know, eighties and stuff like that. But it's just a matter of getting out there and crashing, I guess. No, no, no doubt. I mean, my how I try and tell people how to learn how to ride is just start doing figure eights. Learn how to turn right and turn left. That motorcycle riding is all about turning. Anybody can go straight. It's how well you turn either for a turn or for an accident in front of you to avoid something in the road. Like turning is the key to being a very successful motorcycle rider. And there's nothing better to do than figure eights. Cause so did you, you got rid of the bikes. Did you get rid of all your riding gear? Do you no, still have... no, no. There's uh, going to be a big Craigslist here in a little bit to get rid of a lot of stuff. But you're keeping your leather pants, right? I'll keep one set of everything. So I'll keep okay. one set of dual sport, one set of adventure Chaps. riding. Chaps. I don't know if I'm going to keep my full road race suit because I just don't, not, don't see myself going road racing anytime soon. So oh, Halloween you're going to be close I mean, to Coda. I know, but I just don't, I don't, I don't see it. So no. I'll keep one set of motocross gear. So yeah, I do. I do intend, but I mean, if you looked at my garage, I have sixteen helmets on Jeez. on things like that. I, I was in that industry for twenty yeah. plus years. I have accumulated a lot of stuff that I really don't feel like packing up and moving to Texas. Yeah, I thought my five helmets was bad. No, are they just for different conditions, or what's with the, or is it open face, closed face, <laughs> neon, built, built colored, in street shield, dirt, street yeah. dirt? Yeah, and I've, I mean, I did huh. a long time. Most of them are relatively new too. I just. I don't know. As my wife says, I'm a hoarder when it comes to motorcycle stuff. 
So what are you going to hoard now that you don't have motorcycles to hoard for? You know, I don't know. You're going to have to find something. Maybe you get into like barbecues or something. <laughs> Smokers, barbecues, yeah, yeah. who knows? Tim's you, moving to Texas. We got to figure out some new Texas style hobby for him. So I think you just start. Trucks? Maybe you start customizing rigs. Have your own like slammed. Chrome. Yeah. Truck flames. nuts. Yeah yeah. 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 Make my own Optimus Prime. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that would be awesome. It's got to transform though. No, not going to happen. No. No, I don't know what I'm going to do for hobbies, hobbies, but I'll figure something out. Now, what part of Texas are you moving to? Uh, we're, right now, it's basically the greater Dallas area. So, okay, so Prosper, anywhere. Plano, anywhere around there, Frisco. Huh. Yeah. It, it, every time I've been out to Texas, it's always interesting because, one, it's the size. I mean, living in California, it's, it's a big state, but it's not nearly as big as Texas. But the other thing that always trips me out is I hated the highway system out there. Like, using navigation and stuff, it always tripped me out because... There's a, you have the, the main highway, which is, you know, six lanes or whatever you're cruising along, but then the navigation would have you get off the highway, but technically you're still on the highway because you're on a frontage road, which <laughs> has the same name as the highway. It just has stoplights. And so it was confusing when it's like exit highway or it was, you know, 1694, whatever. And you're still on the highway, but you're off the highway. It was just Blew my mind. I do like they have the U-turns you don't have to stop for. Oh, that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Where you just hands. keep going and it's, you know, like that's own dedicated lane. Yeah, the, the left That's turn. pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I will say without a GPS, I would definitely get lost. Because the other thing that's weird around there is that it gets dark. And it's like Southern California, you don't realize how much light pollution there is with so right. many things. Like there, like I went to have lunch with a former coworker. I'm like, or not lunch, sorry, dinner. And I'm like, I felt like I was out in the middle of nowhere. And I was still in, you know, the Dallas suburbs, but... They just don't have a lot of houses and then gas stations, those things around the roads. Like they have a clear, this is the road you're on and get off at five miles in, you'll get to your restaurant. And the other thing is like, I don't remember because I, I spent a lot of time out in spring, Texas. So basically like the Houston area and then a little bit in San Antonio. But I don't remember there really being any sort of fun driving roads. Everything just seemed flat and just straight. Is it? That, yeah, no, that's going to be my biggest adjustment. Because, I mean, you we look outside our backyards and you have the mountains right behind yeah. you. Texas is flat. Like, there is there's no nothing to differentiate. Like, we have the ocean on one side and the mountains on the other side. So you have different areas where it's just... There's some hill country in Texas. Just not around Dallas. Yeah. You're going to have to go pretty far to get to it. Yeah. Which now, is... I mean, that basically, you know, with, without... I don't know. I guess you would just have a... There's got to be an OHV area or something out there, right? And then... So you get a dirt bike and a... And get a Harley and cruise, I guess. Oh, Sounds my, terrible. He just needs a Harley and a shotgun. No, like my, my Terminator <laughs> style. Just I'm looking to get like an African twin, something like that. Yeah. And then you can put some miles on, but still has twenty one inch front tire and right. eighteen inch rear that you can take mild off roading. That is another great bike. Yes. <laughs> and I have a friend who's looking to sell it, so Oh, well look at that. See how convenient that is? Where's it's your a, friend located? Uh Durango, Colorado. Oh, you can get so, up on the way out there. So you would need somebody to ride it to Texas. No, that someone would be me. Oh, oh okay. So that's, yeah, you know, just in case. Uh, no, I, in case that doesn't work out. You let I, me know. I, you I could sit in the sidecar. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of sidecars, have you ever ridden a Ural? No. Oh, man. I got a buddy in, in uh, Portland that I think he's on his second one now. Bought one. What an utter pile of crap. Absolutely. Dude, it, it actually broke. The sidecar snapped. He's going to try and blame it on me when he hears this. Was not my fault. Uh, the One of the struts snapped. So he ends up selling this thing. Buys another one. And he, I don't know why they're, oh, they're terrible. But they're the only thing you can really get a sidecar for. Yeah, they're scary to ride though. Well, like they don't, they don't turn. It's not like a normal motorcycle. 
it, it doesn't. Well, you can't really lean in one direction. Well, right. right. And then it just, oh, it's all sorts of weird. And you can't, like flying the sidecar is actually kind of cool. Once you can sort of get it up in the air a little bit. But I don't understand people that buy them. Like there's guys that will ride those things across country. When I was at the uh, the BMW Museum, when I was out in Germany with, yeah. with the family for my birthday, uh, in the museum, they had a whole exhibit on motorcycles. Uh-huh. And they had a bunch of different record-setting bikes. Um, they had one that did Dakar and stuff like that. But they had sidecars or what? Loosely is called sidecars because basically it's just like a tiny little platform with like a third wheel. Yep. And they have images of these guys racing. And the guy that's on that sidecar is literally just knuckles grabbing the front bar and 90% of his body is over the dirt. That's just the leaning over yeah, just inches saying, yeah, from it. That's called the monkey. Yeah, the monkey. They, uh, um, the, the fairgrounds over here, when they do... Um, they do The flat the, track? Flat track, yeah, yeah. They have sidecar racing there. And those people are nuts. Their speed, heads like speedway. Speed speed Their way. heads like right at the other. No. Mm-mm. Have you ever watched like a sidecar motocross race or speedway? Yeah. They're or not. I watch Isle of Man with sidecars. Yeah. That stuff's and insane. They're flying. Well, they're Isle of Man is just there. crazy, anyways, just because the speeds they're doing already, and then you add a sidecar to that, just makes it even nuttier. But yeah, or I don't understand the Ural thing at all. Like it's a bike that basically was built in the seventies and has not changed. No, even before that, it's a it's a stolen World War II design. World War II design. They basically stole a design from from I think BMW or something. It's a German designed bike that they started building in Russia off stolen. You know, they stole bikes and plans and whatever, and never changed it. No, never they actually changed. ended up recently. They got fuel injection. And they had to, probably. yeah, and they got brakes, and uh, they had like Brembo brakes. <laughs> they got brakes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm convinced that you know. I told my buddy, like, does this thing come with an entire like? You get a complete replacement wiring harness. You get you know, like, you have to carry so much crap to keep this thing going. Like the tools, everything you need. It's a. It, it might as well come with a full second bike. Uh, there used to be a journalist I remember. He would uh, always say how great they were, how yeah. great they were, and then finally he crashed it, broke his wrist, left it stranded, broke, and then walked out. <laughs> And basically called the PR person from your own and said, hey, I left your bike on this frontage road or forest road out yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Go get it. Like, I don't ever want to ride it again. I mean, they're, they look really cool. I used to really like them. And then I rode one. <laughs> can you can you disconnect the sidecar? Can it be just a normal motorcycle or is it like welded together? I don't know that you can actually take the sidecar off. And most of them are two wheel drive. So it's a little more complicated. Mm-hmm. So they have an engagement for both rear wheels. Right. But the... Um, the Ural does make a non-sidecar motorcycle for some god-awful reason. Like, y- you could have any bike in the world, and you buy a Ural. Like, you have to be... You want to be different. You hate yourself. <laughs> but, if yeah. you have a side, but if you have a friend, you get the sidecar version. If you Too do. much vodka. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or you have a wife that I, I think wants it's, to go with you. Yeah, or it's, it must be some of that kind of... Like that. I want that vintage... British Roadster Charm, an MG, something that's cute to look at, but it's completely impractical and unreliable. But they have charm. Yes, well, yeah, that's true. And yeah. you can still find those. Like there's that that market. I will say that is the one thing that the motorcycle market has kept is the I don't know what you want to call them, not replicas, but Triumph still makes a bike that looks exactly right. like what they had in the '60s. Yeah, I, I I mean I wonder how much of that is just the throwback, like the people that wanted it as a kid but never could afford it at the time, and now that they're Older, coming close to retirement or whatever, you know, it's that that charm, that reminiscent factor. Or if it's the tooling's paid for, shit, it doesn't cost anything to keep making these things, so let's just keep selling them. Well, they're but they're still up. They're still updating. Like the Thruxton's got, yeah, uh, yeah. it's pretty cool. They actually made it look like the fuel injection units look like carbs, yeah, so they right. made it look like it's still an old bike. I mean, they, there's a lot of respect for that kind of nostalgia. That would be the if I was going to buy just a street bike, 
With Thruxton R? Thruxton R by far. It yeah, is it's a pretty cool. rad bike. And you got to think most, I mean, most people know, I mean, if you've ridden motorcycles, like your average motorcycle nowadays, I mean, it's way faster than you'll ever need to go. Right. Like, and do, like motorcycles really are just a great mode of simple transportation. They don't need to get much better because they're still so much better than the average car you can buy. It's just the reality of being Would super you lightweight. get an electric one? Like I mean, Zero or some of those I other? Wrote a, I rode an Alta. Yeah. And it's hilarious. Like... Yeah. Full of on. torque, yeah. Yeah, and it sounds like a spaceship. So you just go... Yeah, it's, it's yeah. But would I own one? Probably more of a street bike. Like, I would probably get a zero street bike. But the problem is they're still 20 grand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The pricing is, is an issue. But, I mean, I, I think... Cause you, it's not like you guys are really hauling long distances on these... Well, you right. do on some of your vacations. But for the most part, if you're using it as a commuter, it's not that far. So right. As a commuter, I think they make total sense. Um, it's just I agree with him. That I agree with Ryan. The the pricing structure right now, once it gets corrected, yeah, yeah it'll it, make sense. It'll Harley's got what they, the live wire. I think is what they call it. Right? That thing's 30 over thirty grand. Yeah, yeah. over thirty yeah. grand. Yeah. When I was at, so I actually went to zero a few days ago or a week ago or so now because I happen to be at BMW and they've got a shop right across the street. So I went to zero, and if you want a like a fast charge right uh, yeah. option, it's it's another three thousand dollars for them to install a plug, like. Dude. Yeah, it's super crazy. So there's that kind of has to come back to reality at some point. I'm sure it will. Uh, eventually, it'll adjust itself. But they're I mean, they're 200 mile range on the top end. Get a sidecar, put a <clears throat> gas generator in it. And then... does that not defeat the purpose? Uh, it's a range extender. Does that not defeat the purpose? <laughs> being being around that industry, I will say that zero has come a long way from where yeah. it started. So. The future is bright. It's just maybe another decade before it all corrects itself. And, and they rebrand as one. I don't know. <laughs> but they have come. If you look, their first bikes were basically like glorified sort of mountain bike. Right, right, like yeah. Street bikes. I mean, they're new bikes. They're legit. They're a street bike just as any other one. They're yeah, just I, really I've seen expensive. some interesting designs with some of those electric motorcycles. And just because of the fact that there's no need to have traditional geometry because you're not having to actually have a motor or, anything, or a chain drive or anything like that. The way they're able to configure these designs looks pretty damn cool. I mean, it's it's blurring the line, kind of like you said, it kind of like based on a mountain bike kind of thing. But it doesn't look, other than the fact it's got two wheels and a handlebar, it doesn't look like a traditional motorcycle. Yeah. They can do unique packaging and stuff because of the battery and then the motor and the size of things. That it kind of makes it look more interesting, I think, in some regards. But for some people that are more of the traditionalist, it may look too. I, I guess it's it's the same idea of like the Prius styling, right? When that. When that car first came out, they kind of had to do a little bit more radical design to stand out from all of the regular uh, gasoline vehicles. And you're starting to see that same thing happen with electric motorcycles, where some of the brands, like Harley, for example, are kind of sticking more down that traditional motorcycle design aesthetic. And then you have more of these startups that are kind of doing this more extreme or, or uh, unique uh, aesthetic. And it, I kind of, I'm not a motorcycle rider. I, I don't own one. I, I've ridden them. My wife doesn't want to be a single parent, so therefore I don't own one. But I am drawn to kind of those those electric bikes that have more of an unorthodox styling just because they are more eye-catching. And sure. it's kind of like, oh, what the hell is that? But Yeah, Zero's pretty, uh, their stuff is pretty um, kind of more traditional looking. Like it, it still looks like a motorcycle. Right. Um, which is interesting. And they're all belt drive, which I found. So they've got the, what is it, the FX, which is more of their kind of, it's not really an off-road. It's kind of a motard, I guess. Um, there's a chain conversion kit for it. So guys are ditching the belts and going to chains, which is kind of funny. 
Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. It's one of those things where, it, yeah, you can do it either way. Yeah. But it, it will be cool to see that kind of become more prevalent and more accepted. Didn't Zero have, wasn't their big bike uh, a while ago? It was a super bike, wasn't it? Yeah. I, that's what I remember seeing about. <coughs> Quite a while ago. Super bike and they have a <clears throat> dirt bike, don't they? Zero doesn't have a proper. Well. Yeah, it's not a, a dirt bike. It's more of a, like a dual endurance. purpose. Dual purpose, yeah. Yeah. Every, all of them try and come up with like a super bike because it's kind of like a halo product that can put the flag in the ground on like what we can do. And they a lot of them raced Alaman and other things. Right. But yeah, I mean, to be honest, the perfect use for a motorcycle is around town or out in country roads where you're just by yourself. That's where I find the most joy in riding is when I can kind of just let my mind wander and enjoy the road and not worry about cars hitting me or right. other people just. Kind of get into his end state. But that's kind of why gas makes sense because I can get there and not have to worry about it. Oh, okay, you weren't going to go that loud pipe save lives route? No. <laughs> no. No. I did own a Harley. <clears throat> excuse me. I did own a Harley that had uh, Vans and Heinz pipes on it and it was ridiculously loud. But what, what was funny about it, you'd be going down the road, first gear, second gear, and it's super loud. You look down, you're doing like 11. <laughs> Like it was an absolute riot, but you weren't going anywhere. The thing was, it was it was a one hundred three or a one hundred three. Yeah, so it was a pretty decent sized engine. It was just not very fast. I did not picture you as a Harley guy. I had one for a few years. I actually really enjoyed it. I did not picture me as a Harley guy, and I ended up going in and riding one, and was like, okay, I kind of get it. I, I kind of get it. So I had a Dyna for a couple years. And nice. Yeah, it was a fun bike. Yeah, no, I, I don't think there are many bad motorcycles. I think they're all pretty good. So going there back, some bad ones. going back to this this uh, Euro. <laughs> yeah, going back to my my uh, European birthday vacation, we stopped by a, a Harley Davidson dealer in Germany. Oh, they're big in Germany. Yeah, um, in in Ingolstadt, mm-hmm. and it was the weirdest thing because you walk in and it's a bunch of Germans dressed like typical American Harley owners. Yeah. So, you know, it's the full Harley I saw. I mean, of course, everything's branded Harley Davidson. They're wearing the flannels, the hats, the bandanas and stuff. But it was still different enough to feel foreign, huh. but similar enough to feel familiar. It was the weirdest. But that's the uniform. Yeah, yeah but it was it was the customers. And the funny thing is, is they're driving up to the Harley Davidson dealer in a piece of shit smart car, getting out in denim and in, in flannel and boots and that's walking awesome. in looking at like a fat boy and you're that's just so like funny. that's the dream <laughs> if you're at all into people watching i highly recommend going to daytona bike week and, oh, and seeing just the sheer number of germans and other people who are into motorcycles they're all super nice they all have yeah. a common thing but yeah. it's just amazing you're like what am i doing here i'm on a, a, a different planet i'll tell you you want people watching another great place to go is uh so where was this? This would be uh, Fairbanks, Harley Davidson, Alaska. It's, yeah. Okay. It's uh, it's Harley, steel chainsaws. They've got uh, one one other of those like random brands uh, like Ryobi or something like that, BMW. <laughs> and here's what's super weird about it: <clears throat> they're all under the same same roof. They've clearly delineated. Right, so there's an, an actual Harley store and a BMW store. They're they're right, just right. like their flagship stores, but the parts counter is shared by by all of them. And you go in there, and there is super nerdy engineering guy looking at something for BMW and literal Hell's Angels, all packing. It was so weird. 
I was like, I just need an air filter. I don't really want to get shot. Like, what <laughs> the hell is happening here? I, I uh, and I'm talking like patched Hell's Angels. I was like in, legit, uh, yeah, 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 on a road trip. Probably. I, I think they just lived there. They all knew each other. Wow, it was super weird, man. I was down in uh, Daytona Beach, Florida, uh, for a a car show, car audio exhibition, like years ago, and it was right on the ta- like setup was right on the tail end of Bike Week. Yeah, and so. That same idea, just these thousands of bikers, and this was a mix of everything from you know sport bikes to Harleys. Like as you were saying, Tim, like the people watching is just phenomenal. And of course, because it's it's Florida, the amount of string bikini swimwear being ridden right. on the back of these bikes, and you're just like, that's just one hell of an asphalt burn waiting to happen. But it was just amazing people watching. It was just it, it was. That's well, Florida in general. It's pretty good people was, watching. Yeah, yeah. Like I, when I when I fly, I enjoy flying through Vegas just for the oh people God. watching. It's so sad. Yeah, yeah. But just seeing the people just sitting at the slot machines yeah. waiting on their connection. Yeah. The yeah, it's really sad. <laughs> anyway, you know, like basically Daytona Bike Week is all about riding down Main Street, and motorcycles are inherently unstable. Like right. they like to be ridden at a certain speed to stay up, and here's these guys on these huge harleys with huge like 32 inch front wheels that so stupid trying to go slow and just swerving <clears throat> all over the place and you're just like oh there's gonna be another wreck i have no doubt there's gonna be a wreck down the street like it's just comical it's just have you done sturges no that is the only one i never i was supposed to go yeah. and i left yamaha right before i was able to go i would love to go because i think that'd be another people but i hear that one's a little crazy like it's very I've, commercialized nowadays versus what it once was i've never had a desire to go at all like, I've got no, I mean, I know it's a thing, like, if you're into motorcycles, you have to go to Sturgis. Like, it's it's one of the rites of passage or whatever. I got nothing. It's like motorcycle mecca, basically. That many people in one place, it's just got to be a disaster. All those doctors and attorneys all right up on yeah. each other. Yeah. yeah. I would like to go there, maybe not on Sturgis, but the roads around there. I just did a family vacation right. where we drove through there. It's a beautiful part of the country. There are some amazing roads. I mean, yeah. you can do those without Sturgis, right? Yeah. That would be, I think that would be what I would like to do, is go to the area, but not necessarily for Sturges. No, no, no. I, like I said, I just did that. I did from North Dakota to South Dakota to go to Mount Rushmore. And yep. It's that's amazing. Mount Rushmore. Yeah. How far of a drive was that? Uh, a lot longer than my family would have liked. It was like a 10, <laughs> I think it was a 12-hour drive. I was a little geographically uh, challenged on that one. I'm like, oh, Minnesota, we're not that far away. Well, I didn't realize it was on the complete west end it's of the far. state, not... Just right across the border. But so I'm, how was Mount Rushmore? I love it. I mean, I, I and I feel like people around my age in their in their early to mid forties remember family road trips. Like right. My parents couldn't afford flying. I think I flew once my entire childhood. So everything we did was load up, you know, the 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 family station wagon and go on, you know, amazing trips. And my family is from Fargo, North Dakota, which yeah. is another weird place. So we did a lot of, you know, going through Yellowstone, going through Grand Canyon, getting there. And so I'm trying to bring it back to with my family, although they'd much rather like to fly. Did, did you do Rushmore weird. as a kid? I've never done it. So I'm, uh, I'm 40 now, and it's like, okay. And like you were saying, your family did a lot of road trips. Mine did too, but very localized. Like we did, went right. to the, in Southern California, went to the San Bernardino Mountains, which is like an hour and a half away. Right. So that wasn't much of a road trip, but we had an RV. We went camping and stuff like that. But these cross-country road trips, never did it as a kid. With my parents, I think we drove up to Sacramento. And with my son, I've driven from Southern California up to Oregon and then up to Seattle. So we've done like the West Coast kind right. of road trip. But I want to do Rushmore. I want to do Yellowstone and let him suffer in the back seat 
Of course, now it has Wi-Fi and connectivity, yeah. so it's not really suffering. But I, I do want to see that. So no, no. As as growing up, I mean, we, we're like you. We had an RV, so we did basically two vacations a year. We did two weeks at the ocean in our RV. My mom's huge on the beach, so we did two weeks there, and then we did a month long trip to Fargo, North Dakota, and we went because we went every year from when I was eight to when I was fifteen. So we went the southern route, the northern route, yeah. the direct route. Makes it up. And so yeah, we experienced route. yeah we experienced every which way. I mean, I can remember my mom giving me the keys when I was fifteen with no learners print of nothing. Going, we're out in the middle of nowhere. Classy motorhome. Yeah. No, we always the station wagon. The motorhome okay. wasn't very reliable. It was a hand me down of a hand me down of a hand me down <laughs> that required some uh, squirts in the carburetor to get started. So, so that was just picturing you driving you know an eight thousand pound vehicle just <laughs> with a learner's permit. 15, yeah. yeah, but no, I, I highly recommend it. Mount Rushmore was amazing. I mean. Maybe I look at it with a little nostalgia. I mean, my, my youngest son was amazing. He hiked with me all the way up to the top where you can basically yeah. ride under their noses. The older right. son had seen it a few times, so he wasn't that excited about it. But All I've heard is people say, okay, I've seen it. And you, you go there, you, you have this expectation. You see it for the first time, you're like, all right, that's Mount Rushmore. I was just disappointed because it it's not as epic as you think it is. Is it because you're right, not that from close? All the photos, to it, you're right? not that close. Yeah, so you can get. If you, you, I mean, you can get close, but you've got to hike to it from yeah. from the viewing area. It's not from the viewing area. Is yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. a little far away. Yeah. Um, the town itself, like I would just turn this into Mount Rushmore episode, but the town itself is cool. There's so many things to do. Like we did a quick in and out, which I regret now. If you have like kids, well, I know you have a kid. Um, there's tons of stuff to do. There's tons of other things. Like the town has kind of become this little tourist mecca, which has all right. kinds of stuff about the presidents, dinosaurs. Cause there's a lot in that, that area that okay. you can do, which is to me, it, it, it's worth it. I would like to go again. So when you went to uh, to Mount Rushmore, how long were you there for? We literally pulled in, stayed a night, Left. went to Mount Rushmore and then drove off. All right. Well, that's, Longer than I kind of expected. Everybody else I've talked to, it seems like they drive there. They're there for like a half hour. And like, all right, and turn around and go back to oh, yeah. where they came from. Do, do it over again. I'd make it a couple day. All right. Like, so you're, you you mentioned off air that you're heading to Texas and you're taking your son with you on a road trip as you drive out there. <coughs> do you have certain uh, checkpoints or destinations you want to check off, like world's largest ball of twine or whatever kind of landmarks between here and, and the Dallas area? No. But now that you mention it, that's something that I like to do. Like we, this thing all kind of came together quick because originally I was just going to drive it myself, and then actually my my parents were the ones who were like, no, you should take your son on a road trip and then that's fly cool. him back. And, and no, I agree. I think it'll be great for him. I think it'll be a great time. But no, originally it was just you just get on the there, freeway yeah, yeah. and yeah. get there. But we trying to think of what's even in between when I mean, you go through. We've done like Carlsbad Caverns before. Okay. And that's kind yeah, of New, on the way. New there. Mexico, yeah, you can check yeah, out. New Mexico. I mean, so, you can throw a pizza on somebody's roof. What? It's a thing because they're Breaking Bad fans, and oh. because it was filmed in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah, it. yeah. People like to recreate scenes from the movie, and people actually live in those houses. And it's kind of a dick move to throw a pizza on somebody else's roof. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Astoria, Oregon, is where Mikey's house from the Goonies is. Yes. And that lady lost her shit one day and tarped off the whole house and said she'd call the cops if you came up to it. Yeah, it's fenced off now. Is it? Yeah. Because you used to be able to walk up the drive. And then you know what's right around the corner? The school from Kindergarten Cop. No I did not way. know that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Who is your daddy and what does he do? We made it to Astoria, but we didn't even attempt to go to the Goonies house because we had a motorhome. And it was yeah, just, yeah, yeah. But I do want to go back to the Goonies house just to check that off the bucket yeah. list of roadside attractions that I, that I haven't seen yet. The pizza place is there, too. So the pizza place, 
the Mikey's house and then the uh, the school from Kindergarten Cop. They're all like right around the corner from each other. Goonies is a movie I'm surprised they haven't remade because it is a cult I classic. I don't think it needs to be remade. No, it doesn't. We introduced my nephew to it recently and he loved it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I've, my son's seen it a couple of times and he likes it. And I know like we were talking about remaking movies and stuff and we just got past the Christmas season. So there was talk about remaking Home Alone. I thought that was a done deal. I thought that was for sure happening. How the hell do you even do that though? I they don't have an answer for that. You forget your kid? The kid texts you at the airport. Oh shit! We left Billy at the house. I mean, it's like yeah. There's that, no that right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, we check the the uh, ca- the nest cam at home. Oh, there he is. He's okay at home. Oh, you forget a kid. Period. Like I don't know how that happens. That's then pretty. Again. Well, I, intentionally, I'm sure you could. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's um. Have you seen the show? It's on Netflix. It's called The uh, Toys That Made Us. Yes. So they have movies that made us now. Have you seen that? I, I one saw of the, the series, but I haven't seen the actual... I haven't watched an episode yet. Yeah, yeah. One, one of the episodes is Home Alone, and it's pretty rad. All right. Well, like, it's really cool to watch. And then they built most of the interior shots for the house were in a high school gym. Really? Yeah. That was all... Set. Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes sense, because, I mean, to get the, the angles and stuff, but the fact that it's in a high school gym of all places. So there was an abandoned school. I think they filmed it in Chicago. There was an abandoned school, and they used that for their production offices, ah. and they just, today, we need a place to build this shit, and they build it in the gym. Interesting. Yeah. You wonder if they were playing hoops, like, between shots, between scenes, they just dribbling a basketball or something? Yeah, I don't know. That is a great show. I watched the Dirty Dancing episode. And that that was, was good. So- fascinating yeah how all that went and we how? watched we watched that toys that made us the yes. toys that made us series that's a cool fun what yeah was the the unicorns we were watching yesterday oh my little pony yeah they were it's okay we know you're a brownie it's all good <laughs> <laughs> he's not denying it right 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 that's okay you know princess sparkle magic or whatever my sister had one i may or may not have played with it on occasion <laughs> my sisters were super into my little pony so they had fine. a bunch of them yeah well and they're about about that age where it made sense so and strawberry shortcake was the other one my sisters had, oh. and the only reason I'll never forget that is I the way that you know there's just certain things when you're a kid that just get locked in your memory. Yeah, they had a smell to them. Wasn't it strawberry? But it wasn't like real strawberry. No, no, it, it was, was like an attempt. It was like if no, if if somebody had never smelled a strawberry. Yeah, and then the per, they relied on somebody to describe what a strawberry smelled like, but that person had also never smelled a strawberry. That's what you would get. It smelt sweet and red, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it was, but I'll, I'll never forget. It's one of those things that just sticks in your memory. Yeah. And the way like all that old plastic smelled. And <laughs> and then they did the, the G.I. Joe episode kind of upset me, to be honest with you, because I've always wanted that aircraft carrier. And there's a kid down the street that got one when I was a kid. Oh. Oh, that was so rough. And so the episode upset you because it reminded you of the yeah. aircraft carrier that yeah. you never got to own? And the pain. Seven foot long aircraft carrier. Yeah, I remember just that being a massive, yeah. massive toy. My room wasn't big enough to even hold that. Nobody's was. I but think you wanted it. Yeah, this kid had a basement or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Damn it. Now I'm going to be all sad. For the rest of the <laughs> now you're going to go find it on all eBay. Depressed. Yeah, right? Yeah. You'll be like eBay shopping for it. You know, it's actually, it's insane how much a lot of that stuff sells for now. You know, I, I wish that. I I think my mom gave away like all my old Star Wars stuff and I don't know what I would do with it, but it would be great to have. Well, that's the thing is you, you see these things selling for crazy money, but then you're like, okay, they're selling for crazy money either because it's been never played with. It's like almost in perfect condition or yeah. it has the original packaging still or something. And then you're like, that means the thing was never really appreciated. It was just stored away or forgotten about it. So it's always kind of strange when you see 
these types of vintage toys coming up on the market for crazy, crazy money. But if you buy it, do you just display it? Do you play with it? What do you do with well, it? I think it's kind of awkward, and you know, forty-year-old man playing with dolls, but whatever. Action figures. I was just trying sure. to think about that. But kids like nowadays, like none of my sons ask for action figures for Christmas. No, like, it's not a thing not, anymore. It's, yeah, it's totally that ship has sailed. It's so weird, and you go and like I think Transformers. One of my my friends' kids got a newer Transformer, and it's probably thirty times cooler than any Transformers we had in all reality. Yeah, but the kids trans- don't care. The Transformers episode of of the toys I made us was really cool. Because I didn't yeah. realize that it was all Japanese-based toys that Hasbro was kind of just licensing and then and just changing the colors and right. creating these characters on. And then they, I can't remember the guy's name, it was Brian or something, that came up with the backstory for all of these Transformer characters, like what their strengths were, what their skills were, and their names, right. and how they came to be. And basically, because of this one person, that's how the whole Transformer universe came to be and it was kind of impressive and like as a kid i knew the toys i just yeah. didn't know the backstory and it was it was interesting to watch i used to love you'd get the remember the little red plastic uh piece and you put it over the the like they had the the character card on the back and you put it over and it would decode all their like stats oh yeah, yeah that was yeah. so cool like the dakota ring basically yeah yeah tinted red plastic over a, a blue and red card exactly and you could read, yeah yeah that was super cool and they don't don't have that kind of stuff anymore. No, I think the closest they come to action figures these days is like the uh, the licensed WWE wrestler figurines. Like that's, when you go down to the toy aisle, that's still a thing. It sort of is, yeah. Because really? when when I go to when I was at Target doing my Christmas shopping stuff, yeah. browsing the toy aisles, there is like half an aisle on the right side of wrestling. specifically on the right. No matter where you are, that is on the right side. Depending which way you're walking, yes. Well, well you said the right yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah, it's past the nerf. <laughs> You know, planogram is a thing in retail stores. So pretty much they are all cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. Like when you walk into any Target, you pretty much know where it is. But if you reach the playing card games, you've gone too too far. far. Yeah, I got it. They're always at the end. Yeah. Too far. But yeah, so I think that's really the only action figure toy that's still out in the market. Other than maybe some of the... uh, Well, there's Star Wars. Oh, there's still, there's like Fortnite figures. There's all, all, but the kids don't seem like, I don't know about my kids, like... Can I have this app? Can I have this app? Can I have this app? Can I get Xbox gift cards? Like right. we literally went to Target and he was panicking because he got a Target gift card, but he wanted an Xbox gift card. You cannot exchange Target gift cards for Xbox gift cards. You can't use your gift card to buy another gift card. Correct. So he had a full Could meltdown he just on buy a toy, return the toy for cash, and then take the cash. I feel like that's a sophisticated. Yes, yeah, so that you're thinking way <laughs> older than an eight year old <laughs> gift card laundering. Right. Yeah. I don't think that's what he's doing. What when you were growing up, Tim? What did you have an action figure that you just that was your deal? Well, I started with Star Wars. I think like everybody yeah. was born in the early seventies, and then GI Joe was my thing. Like I was all. That's why I laugh about the seven foot. Dude, but, they were the best. Yeah, I was all about the GI Joes. I had Snake. I had literally probably all of them. Yeah. I, I had GI Joe. I had Ghostbusters action figures and toys. I remember those. And then I had a bunch of Micro Machines. Yeah. Yeah. Almost. So Micro Machines are coming back. Are they really? Yeah, they're bringing them back. Uh, I think next year. Is that dude still alive? That fast talking dude? Because that was Maybe. I remember as a, as a kid. Good, yeah, the commercials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dude just talking a mile a minute. And if it, what is it? If it's not a micro machine, it's not the real thing. Was that yeah. the tagline? Yeah. Well, being in Japan recently and going to Gundam City, I try to get my kids to watch. That place Robotech. is so rad. It is rad. Yeah. I try to get them into Robotech because I didn't really watch Gundam as a as a kid, so I didn't want to be. But I did watch a lot of Robotech. 
So I put it on because it's on Netflix, like a million different things. And thinking, I don't know if you ever had any Robotech toys, but I had a neighbor who had like yeah. all of them. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. I had one Veritech and it was like, I, it was so cool. Yeah. But my kids, no interest. They're like, yeah, whatever. Great. Watched like 15 minutes of the first episode. And they're like, yeah. yeah. The the new Voltron show was pretty good. They relaunched Voltron on I, Netflix. I, I, I haven't that was seen it, good. but I heard it was Yeah, cool. I liked it. They, um, one of my buddies in Portland, his kid got into Voltron, but they'd only, I mean, they made it like two seasons and then now it's time for whatever else thing like nobody's really holding on to that and it's interesting that um okay so we'll talk about lego really quick (laughs) but the only reason i bring this up is so they've got a new series out that's called something it doesn't matter but you uh you build the sets and then you download an app and it's like a augmented reality oh yeah yeah, so it's like ghosts and stuff so they're even trying to figure out how do you get these kids engaged and stuff now well that's the thing so that I saw that kind of blew my mind is Hot Wheels is trying to do that same exact thing. So Hot Wheels, I mean, the, the standard diecast car is 99 cents, a buck five, you know, depending on where you shop. But they have this new uh, series of Hot Wheels. I think it's called like Speed ID. Okay. And so it's that same diecast car, except they put an RFID chip on the bottom of it. So instead of being a 99 cent car, the car is now six bucks. And it comes in fancier cardboard packaging with a, a, a magnetic uh, flap that you open up so you can see the car inside the cardboard box. It's a $6 car with an RFID tag. And then the track set, the, the standard Hot Wheels track set, for 20 bucks you can get like a bunch of pieces and do loops and all stuff. The track set was $180. Huh? And what it is is each car has a unique RFID tag. So you can download an app. You can scan the cars to add them to your virtual garage. You can virtually race these cars. and But, but you have them in your hand. Yes. Okay. Right. right. I want to it's, clear that up. It's that, I know. It's the dumbest thing. And, That's ridiculous. And the idea being is for those kids that don't care about the physical interaction, they can play virtually. But the, the virtual interaction is based on that car's ratings. So the car could have like a speed rating or whatever. Yeah. Based, I don't know if it's based on real things like... So that if you have a, a Pagani, it's going to be faster than a Ferrari or whatever. But they're trying to create this virtual component that justifies the analog, tactile, right. physical toys. But I don't see those things connecting. Like, I can't justify spending 180 bucks on a track set, which is now on clearance already at Target because they had a bunch left over right. unsold. And then these $6 cars. When the $0.99 cent car and the $20 track set has the same physical fun factor. I mean, you're still doing loops. You're still putting cars down the ramps. You're still launching them. It makes no sense. Right. But I, I think it's, it's, it's almost like it seems like the, the buzzword these days is, oh, it's got to have an app. It's got to right. be virtual. It's got to do this or that. Or it's got to have this social aspect to it. And I, don't, I can't see it. And even as, a, as an adult with kids, especially with my son being car crazy, yeah. I can't justify that $200 expenditure to get a, a collection of, of these new Hot Wheels speed cars and this track set. I, I don't get it. But you assume they did their marketing research and figured out, okay, there's the potential for this interest to do this, this, yeah. and the other thing. But I just... Well, Nintendo had the uh, Wemo or whatever that was. Do you remember those? So they had, you could get the figurines, figurines yes. and then they would go on this base and you would unlock characters and get all this other stuff. And I don't think they do that anymore. I think that went away. That went away too. But yeah. I th- was it only Nintendo? I think it was 
No, uh, it, it was my, PlayStation. My son had Skylanders was another one like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. And we have a bazillion of those because they got into those pretty hard. But yeah, they were like seven ninety nine a piece. It was yeah, expensive. And so you're hobby. buying a physical character to unlock a virtual character. And at least in those cases, I sort of get it because those characters had unique abilities in the game right. to do certain like special skills. But yeah, you're when you're all said and done, if you beat the game... What the hell are you going to do with all these figurines was, just was laying around? Brilliant, brilliant marketing. If you think about it, you bought the game for 50 bucks. Right. And then you spent $180 <coughs> on figures. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, yeah. What? Do, I mean, do you trade them? Do you right. throw I, I, them at people? I have Can you a un- big bag <laughs> underneath the TV. <coughs> and the yeah, other thing and is, they're probably not worth anything. Uh, yeah. Can you borrow them to unlock the character? Or do you physically have to have the character on the little reader to oh, be know. able to keep playing the character? I never played I never got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I never got it either. I just want to go sit down and play a game. I don't want to have to, right? So uh, it is interesting how like the toys these days are trying to do this weird virtual thing. I've, I've even seen the... I can't remember if it was an actual branded Nerf thing, but where they want you to strap your smartphone to the top of the uh-huh. gun and you're playing this virtual uh-huh. game. It's like... I'm not giving my kid a, a $800 smartphone right. to run around with this right. $10 plastic toy shooting at each other with. It's like, it's questionable. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, you know, and you know, I guess maybe it's a way for them to like create something. So it's like laser tag or something like that, right? Where they can cut back on some of the hardware and tech costs maybe because they're relying on an app, which is cheaper. Yeah, but, then, but the thing is, is like, especially when these things flounder or don't succeed, then you're stuck with a toy that doesn't have any app support, right? The app is right. discontinued. Or right. say, for example, your phone gets a major OS update and they didn't update the app. And so the connection's broken. You're like, oh, great. Yeah. This ecosystem no longer works. And I spent X number of dollars on it. It's That happens a lot in that space. I mean, those things where I remember they were hot maybe four years ago. My son wanted all the kids in the neighborhood were going to play him and then... Nothing. Yeah, yeah, it died off. Well, and the same thing even happens in, in the home space. Like Lowe's had their own brand of smart home accessories, like smart outlets, bulbs, yeah. and all that stuff. And I can't remember the, the name it was all under, but they discontinued the service. So they pulled the service oh, I, down. I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, they pulled the service down. And all that. So people that bought something, say, 18 months ago, and all of a sudden, six months later, they go, oh, sorry, it's discontinued. They're out whatever they invested in these smart bulbs and stuff. So it, it's... It's strange to think that these days you could buy physical hardware that has smartphone or, or some sort of smart connectivity support be rendered completely useless once those cloud-based services are discontinued. It's kind of crappy, actually. It's totally shitty, yeah. yeah. Cause, I mean, but that's kind of the mindset of the way things are going these days. It's like you don't own anything. These, like you, you may physically own something, yeah. but then all of a sudden it just stops working. Because, you know, the brand decides, you know, we're not going to support that anymore. Well, that's the whole Internet of Things mentality. Right. And yet it's it's weird how people are like, ah, all right, no big deal. You're like, what? Well, not, not everything needs to be connected. Like, that's the one thing that kind of drives me nuts. Like, I don't need my toilet to talk to my refrigerator. So I'm going to CES. And so the CES is the cons- yeah. Consumer Electronics Show. And every year... Th- Companies, I mean, there would be well, startups. Let's, let's, let's go back to that because you think about the applications for that. If this toilet talked to his refrigerator, he could be like, You need to add more meat to your diet, or you, you need, need more water. Yeah, and it, it's gonna start making a shopping list and telling me what I can and can't eat. It's gonna give me recipes. That, that could be the next, we could have just had the next billion dollar idea, maybe. Right there. Uh, we heard we said it first, yeah, connected toilets, yeah. <laughs> L, do you know somebody at LG right now? Like, oh, shit, we're on this, yeah, <laughs> because it would be LG, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. 
you, you go to the Consumer Electronics Show and you see all these connected devices that are connected for no other reason than to be connected. Than to be connected, right. right. And you're like, why do I, like, uh, I think it was LG, they had the the camera inside the fridge. So therefore, if you're at the grocery store, you could look and see what's in your fridge to say, oh, I, I need eggs or whatever. But you know that like you've had that capability forever. You just open, open the, the fridge and then you write down a list and then yeah. you go to the store. I know this is hard. Yeah. It's hard for people. Or, or they have, you know, refrigerators now with, with 15 inch touchscreen displays on it. So you can see the weather and, and yeah. see like various app widgets. But it's like, what the hell? Like, yeah. why? It's getting out of control. I don't get it. I think, I think there'll be a, a turn on that. It'll go a little bit back more analog. Yeah. I think people will get tired of all that, especially when stuff starts breaking and then. That three thousand dollar T or three thousand dollar refrigerator you bought with a huge screen, the screen doesn't work. You're gonna be like, you know, next time. It is kind of interesting. Like when I, uh, when I, um, I was doing an update on my on my uh, Wi-Fi uh, router in the house, and you can see how many connected devices are connected to it. And you, how, how many? How many on yours? Because I'm curious. Because I know what my number is, which is scary to know that I know what my number it's is. It's something like fifteen. Fifteen and it was what devices that are connected to my my Wi-Fi network. So in my house, because I have the the garage door opener, I have the thermostat, I have three iPads, two iPhones, uh, two laptops, an iMac, I have two Apple TVs, and then two smart TVs. And so all of those things are on the network, whether or not they're being used. Like I don't use the smart TV services yeah. for my but TV, connected. but it's connected because it, that's how you get the updates. So if you need to get an update or yeah. something like that, but yeah, so it, it's just kind of crazy. You, you lose track of how many of those things are connected. 26, 26, 26, 26. I for might a, have 12. for a family of four, for a family of four. And do you think oh, we have a Google minis in every room, Google right. homes in a couple other rooms, Google home, the kitchen, Alexa, four TVs, two Xboxes, PS4, two Apple TVs, a Roku. I mean, and then you have all phones, that is sending iPads. data yeah, <laughs> and listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we we, we unplugged the Alexa because she listened a little too much. I, I just talk about weird stuff to yourself yeah. when nobody's around. Yeah, well, I want it to think something you, you, bad's you're going on. A, you're on a list. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Where would I bury a body? Yeah, <laughs> remember, remember that was like when Siri first came out. That was one of the big questions everybody was asking Siri, and that was one of her answers. Like she'd find a rock quarry or something near you, and then they pulled oh. that. No, my Alexa story was funny as I was. I like football, professional football, and yeah. I was asking my wife, I'm like, oh, I wonder what game's on this afternoon. And Alexa chimes in, oh, you can watch the Buffalo. And I'm like, I didn't say yeah, Alexa like anywhere there. So I, literally we unplugged her right after that. I also don't, you know, we're having, we're talking about all kinds of stuff. And I, you know, we'll all go on Facebook or whatever it is later. And all the stuff we've been talking about will be advertised. Yeah. We, we were talking about that with uh, some friends earlier this week. And one of them, they went somewhere and they, they went to a store to purchase something. They never talked about it. They purchased the item, and all of a sudden they see that item that they purchased. Getting an ad for it. Getting an ad for yeah. it on Facebook. And they, they can't figure it out because it wasn't like, oh, hey, we need to buy this. They never mentioned it, yeah. and yet somehow they knew. That's weird. Depends that is, on if they had a membership at the store they were at. It, as soon as they yeah, like their it, target card in. or yeah. something. Well, and they're, then, they're geofencing all this stuff now anyways. They know what store you're in. Yeah, they're, they're doing uh, Bluetooth beacons. Right. And so you'll notice like a lot of the apps will ask you if you want to allow Bluetooth. And you're like, I don't use Target with Bluetooth like, <laughs> or Macy's or whatever these right. shopping apps are. It's because they want to know when you walk into the store. Right. But yeah, it's, it's, so it's it's got to be something. Even though it's like supposedly anonymized data, they can still figure out 
you were in this store, your red, your shut, your credit card or whatever your your shopping discount card was used, and it was connected. And then all of a sudden, here's an ad for DiGiorno Pizza or whatever, and you're like, oh crap! I, it's I so creepy. <laughs> it's so creepy. It is. I don't like it, but I mean, what can you do? Nothing. Yeah, whatever. Wear, wear a tinfoil hat. I'm not gonna do that. I, I've given up. I realized that like all of this crap is listening. It is what it is. So I will just continue to say weird stuff and you know what? Accept it. Cause you have to have a choice. You have to or make a choice, right? Do you carry a smartphone around in your pocket? Do you have stuff that makes your life somewhat easier or do you go the complete opposite and get rid of everything? And you know what? I like having the internet in my pocket. And Ryan wonders why he always gets the TSA random screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been randomly screened by TSA, but you know what? My next trip, it probably will be. <laughs> right? That's just too funny. But I will say, back on Retro Toys for two seconds, yep. the coolest thing that my mom kept that my kids love is a slot car track. Yeah. And like, who, 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 I've never seen one in a store anymore. You have to kind of go to like specialized hobby shops. Yeah. yeah. But my kids, like, something about the analog and the, and the, they love it. So that was one of the things, like, when my, when my father was asking what, what my son wanted for Christmas, I was like, oh, I'll look that up. And because there isn't so much of a demand for those things anymore, there's not really much of a cheap market for slot car racing. It's all the the fancier Carrera $200 sets kind of thing. And it's like, ah, it's a little pricey. The only other option out there is the smartphone-based racing game where you put out the paper or cardboard track. Oh, we, we tried that. That huh? sucked. I think it's already died. Yeah. The Was it Anki? Yeah, we got that. Yeah, it, Anki Drive. The, the company went under. Yeah. But basically, it was these remote control cars that were powered by your smartphone. And, of course, there were some virtual power-ups and yeah. nitrous power boosts right, right. and stuff. But that was, that was it. It's either this $50 markdown to $50, you know, Anki Drive... Uh, RC car wannabe slot car track set, or it's the $200 sort of fancy adult slot car track set. So that's kind of cool. You still have. Yeah, I know. That was like the only thing I think my mom kept. So you need to go, if you can fit it in before you leave, you need to stop it. Take the kids to the Buena Park Raceway. Really? They have a. Buena Park is a full slot really? place. They've got two like racetracks and then they've got uh, drag racing. It is the exact people you expect to be there. So just be warned. Like it's good people watching, yeah. But I went in there. I I didn't know. I didn't even know it was there. And I, I went in there a few months ago. And pretty cool, actually. Did you buy a car? No. no. I, I, need, I need I to get a, I need to get a few cars because my cars. That is one thing. The cars do wear out over time. Like they. Just, it's the brushes, right? Like the the stuff that comes in contact with the track. Says no. Now my cars, they're not all the same speed. They're not. It's not really a fair race <laughs> anymore. And the tires at the time, a lot of them were foam, and uh. those have just all disintegrated. I just remember those being so finicky in putting together the track pieces, getting the, the metal pins aligned to have the contact go all the way around. And the worst part is you're driving, all of a sudden the car would just stop, and you have to like fidget with the track to make the connection solid again, and you try to clamp down on the metal pins to get them to touch. And Well, the good news for you is in Mesquite, Texas, there's a slot car track. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, like I've one got, of the big. I got my first uh, side trip. How far right. is Mesquite from the Dallas area? I have, I have no, no idea. idea. It's called Dallas Slot Car, so it can't be that far. Right? It's got to be pretty close. It's probably two hours. <laughs> I'm, curious, I'm curious to see Slot Car drag racing because that has to be. It's pretty. It's interesting because they're. it's a pretty long track. I don't know what it equates to, but it's like. 
Done. That. Yeah. What and they're you, fast. They're doing like uh, 70, like, 80 miles an hour. So Steel do you think, speed, it's got to be yeah. ridiculous. For the, the hardcore slot enthusiasts, I'm assuming you, you mod the hell out of the car. Oh, I'm sorry, what'd you call them? <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard the, of a the slot. hardcore slot enthusiast. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't Google that either. Yeah, yeah don't. Yeah. The, I, oh, I don't know what else you yeah, would I don't call know. them. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I'm assuming they, they modify the hell out of the cars, but are they also modifying the, the trigger, the, the throttle? They the, all, like, I noticed they've all got different triggers and they have all these boxes hooked up to them. I don't know what any of it does. So it's got to do something. Because it's like a potentiometer. It's just regulating how much current. Well, right. But then they've got this other thing that hooks up to that, but then hooks up to the power supply. So I don't know if there's some mm-hmm. voodoo. So I literally have no idea. I watched, we watched some races. They, they actually did qualifying and then they like, did you do any wagering? No. That'd be rad. No, no, they didn't have that. <laughs> Maybe in Texas they will. But they would do qualifying and then you could see, you know, they're doing like four second laps or whatever it is. This one guy was doing like 3.2. Like they're nuts. pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, it's, and it's a I mean, pretty long track. I mean, it's, they're, they're, they're in my house. They're fast. Like yeah. Those things are sketchy. The key is to not go as fast as they can go because you'll always fly off the track. Right. So. And that's the hardest thing as a kid because you just want to pull the trigger all the way down yeah, and just it whip it around. And of course... The first corner. Yeah. Did you ever see there was a, I think it was on YouTube or something. This guy had built like a, his basement or something, right? He built this huge uh, rally slot car track. And the cars would actually, you could get them to slide around the corners. That's it was cool. super cool. I know there's there's a company, and I can't remember where they're based out of, but they, they'll recreate real racetracks in slot car scale. Oh, cool. So if you wanted um, Floor Mat Raceway in Laguna Seca, they... Floor Mat Raceway. Weather tech. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So take, they take another sponsor off your list right there. <laughs> yeah. No weather tech. They they would build the exact track. I mean they have corkscrew and right. everything to scale, but they're you know, twenty thousand dollar kind of things. But it's Can amazing. You imagine? That's that's just a it's a step too far for me. I could see, you know, eleven thousand, but twenty, no. So you, you save eleven thousand over two years and then right. you, you can buy it. I don't even know how you would. Or I, I assume it has to be built in place because it's not like you can really ship. I think they're modular. Like I think they're based on what I could tell from the the Buena Park place. They're pieces, and so they it definitely looks like they come apart. But it's a bunch of old guys yelling at each other is what it came down to. Yeah, it was I w- hilarious. I wonder what the uh, the I Ven- want to go now just to see it. You I should go. People watching. I wonder what the Venn diagram overlap between model train enthusiasts and slot oh, it's, car it's enthusiasts. Got really close. I was into trains for about. 45 minutes I think it's about as long as it lasted so you you bought at least one train set then I did I had I you know what I got for Christmas one year I got one of the Toys R Us Jeffrey train sets it was a box car and Jeffrey would pop up and certain little like there's something on the track that like made him pop up low bridges yeah (laughs) that's traumatic for a child no 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 there's like you know the hump in the track and push something but yeah I, I don't know trains are neat it's cool to see but i not into it. It's definitely an adult toy. I mean, we had a neighbor that had one, and you could put stuff in to make it smoke when it would go. I mean, yeah. it was cool, but it, a kid would be like, really? This is how I'm going to spend my... Well, and, the, and they're committed to this scale, because, I mean, there's different train scales, and yeah. they're not numerically based. It's not like it's no, 124 scale. It's like H and N. And, there's an HO scale. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what any of those letters mean, but... No idea. The, the dedication to the model building, and it's not so much the trains itself, it's the scenery all around it. So they're recreating these houses and these, these hillsides and farm animals, you know, it's just, it's amazing the detail, but then it's almost, it seems like the, the, the joy in that is the, 
the construction and the modeling part because right. the actual playing with the train going around the track part is probably the least exciting part, I would think. You I don't can, know. You can watch that once or twice and be like, yeah, see it. Yep, went around. All right, cool. There is a uh, train museum in Fullerton that actually has a big, like, display. I don't know what you would call it. It's a display. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And then there's actually an Orange County model engineers. And they they deal with kind of bigger scale, like the trains where you see, like, the dudes riding on the... Yeah, you can sit on yeah. them and, and ride them. Yeah. yeah. I've, there's, there's an actual railway you can actually ride on. I think it's, like, one or two weekends a month or something like that. You can actually sit on a small. Look at all the stuff train. you're gonna miss out on moving to Texas. Say, man, that's it. I'm, Everything's I'm just gonna put. be bigger in Texas. Have you had Whataburger yet? No, I've not heard that great of things about it, but what? I'll give it a whirl. It's good. Really? Basically, yeah, everybody in Texas know. says Whataburger is better than In and Out, and everybody in California is like, mm-hmm. it's different, but it, I don't. I don't think it's better. <laughs> You'll have to like report back and let us know. I'll let you guys know. Yeah. All right. Well, when so you're you're pretty quick out of here, right? Yeah, I'm out of here and. A week or so. That's crazy. You excited? I am excited. Yeah. What's the biggest thing besides like work-wise, just getting to Texas? What are you really looking forward to? They hand you a gun at the border, right? Welcome uh, to Texas. Here's your... No, but I am looking forward to being able to shoot a few more things than we can shoot in California. Sure. So are you going to buy a shit ton of fireworks? Because I'm pretty sure that they have like fireworks stores like that are super stores where you can walk yeah, in. They have we always go to 4th of July is in North Dakota. In North Dakota, I swear they sell everything yeah. firework-wise. They have no... So we go out on the farm and launch... Cannons. Big, yeah, big whatever. fireworks. Fireworks with awesome names like the, the Widowmaker and the... <laughs> you know, the amputee, am, Amputator. Amputator. <laughs> That's a good one, actually. We had a few. Like I don't know if you guys remember like the, the flowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love those. But there, they have ones that do it, and then they shoot straight up in the air. I've seen they those. are the coolest thing. Yeah, ever. those are way cool. We, uh, I had a buddy that that we worked on ambulances together, and the factory was based out. I want to say like in South Carolina, and they had fireworks stores out there, and so he would buy fireworks and then put them in the ambulance when it was shipped over. Oh god! And so <laughs> that sounds all kind of that's illegal. pretty. Yeah, yeah, it might have been saving lives. But yeah. one of the fireworks was literally like a mortar cannon, like a, a tube, an eight inch diameter bolted to a sheet of plywood that uh-huh. was like four foot by yeah, four yeah, foot yeah, square yeah. with a single fuse uh-huh. and you lit it and it was a full-on like 20 minute fireworks show grand, all self-contained that's the grand finale right there we used to go to valley of fire if you've ever been out there mm-hmm. so out past vegas is a uh, indian reservation called valley of fire and we would go out there and buy anything you wanted yeah it was great yeah. and then we'd have roman candle fights yeah never, i've never, done that never done that no that's... it's not the smartest no no i've heard horror stories about that but no but honestly, in Texas, I'm more just looking kind of like for a reset. Yeah. Phase phase two of my life and my family's life. So That's going to be cool. Yeah. How, they, to how do the kids feel about it? <laughs> the <laughs> younger son, he was great. The older son, I mean, he's 14. He's going to start high school next year. So he, he was a, a, a little upset at first, but I think huh. he realizes. But at least the timing is pretty good. At least he's not doing it halfway through no, his no, no, high right. school. He's starting. Yeah. Right. yeah. That was the whole point is that if it was going to happen, it had to happen. Before September of, of 2020. So. Yeah. That's going to be fun. I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm a little jealous. All the barbecue restaurants you have to try out and find and explore and learning. Mean, all that, pro- that's my kind of food, too. So I'm looking forward to it. That's going to be awesome. All, all the proper uses of y'all. And I'm not a yaller, so that, that'll take a while. I wonder how long that'll take. I'm curious to see how the... Because a 14-year-old, I think he'll kind of stay the way how he sounds now. But I'm yeah. guessing the 8-year-old will start to pick up on... Be a little texted. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Get, yeah. get him, you got to get him a hat and some boots. I was going to say, you know, how long till you have hats and, and boots in your in your wardrobe? 
you know, it's not, I guess Dallas isn't really like that too much because Dallas mm. has become quite the little California yeah. mecca, a lot of people moving there. But uh, no, I've seen people watching is pretty good in the Dallas airport because you do get a little bit of everything. When people have to take off their shoes to go through TSA and you're like, why did you wear those yeah. boots? You will notice, too, that there's one thing you should pay attention when you're in Dallas. The uh, the police, the motorcycle police specifically, I'm fairly convinced that they're put on their bikes via crane. They're big dudes. Really? Yeah. And not like up, like out. Yeah. It's they need those, a full-size bike. Oh, so. man. Those poor Hondas. <laughs> they are just stressed. The, the other thing I remember every time I was out there for a business trip was because when I'd rent a car, I'd just get whatever the intermediate size, so mid-size sedan. Yeah. I would pull into the parking lot. I'd be the only sedan. Everything was a, a full-size truck or SUV. And so I'd park, and then I'd go inside and come out like 45 minutes later, and I couldn't find my car because I couldn't see it. Because it was blocked yeah. by all the big... Yeah. So are you getting a lift kit for your truck? I'm not into lift kit stuff. Mm-hmm. No. I just have a standard Ford F-150. I'll fit in. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. You're gonna have to get like a like a what is it the the cow catcher the front grill bars or oh, something the, or the bush bush bar thing. yeah the bush bar thing or or uh, you'll you'll need to get the the Tex the Texas edition of whatever truck yeah, you drive. That's yeah. true. They do they are big on that. Yeah, I'll, just, I'll, I'll buy that sticker off eBay and stick it on. I did have a, a red Jetta rental car in Dallas once, and that was not really ideal. I had a Jetta on my last trip out did there. You? Oh, so bad. <laughs> it was not the perfect car. No, for them, you feel no. super awkward. <laughs> I did. Well, you, you feel tiny too, just compared right. to everything else on the roadway. Right. So it's just that part. I think is the the biggest difference is just the the car culture difference. Yeah. Being in Southern California, you see all these uh, import brands and all stuff. It's pretty straightforward. And yeah, there's a lot of trucks and SUVs out here, but Texas takes it to a whole other level to the the dedication of the trucks and everything. And you're just like, holy shit. There's just trucks everywhere, so that'll be a that'll be a change of pace. Right it's in. gonna be fun. It is gonna be fun. Yeah, that's super cool. I'm I'm jealous. Hopefully, you get to to get another bike too. We just make a request that when you purchase your house, you have enough for a spare <coughs> guest bedroom so we can come visit. That is the plan. Yeah, I'll sleep in a garage. It doesn't matter to me. What, cuddle with the bike. Yeah. Just, <coughs> yep. Hug up and snuggle. Riding out there would. Getting there stinks. Like, there's nothing in Texas. Like, your road trip's going to be fun, but there's some significant stretches of yeah. nada. Are you getting, like, a four-car garage? Is that, like, the minimum? No, I, we're trying to downsize. Like I said, we're our, this is a reset, so we're hoping to basically get a little better financially so retirement but, becomes reality. So, no, we're... But that still means you end up with, like, a 3,000-square-foot house. It's funny, because we were looking for 2,000-square-foot houses, and it is almost impossible... They don't exist. ...to find a 2,000, like, 2,000, 2,100. Yeah. Everything is 29... Yeah, three But no, I, I don't want something. I mean, I, I have a 2,500 square foot house right now, and I feel like I'm yelling at my kids most of the time because it's too big as it is. So I'm looking for an <laughs> intercom system. Yeah. Well, that's what the Google Home's for. Google right. Home with every room, you just broadcast. No, they didn't. Come downstairs. That's funny. But no, no, it, we're looking for smaller. But yeah, we'll have a three car garage. I mean, once you have enough toys, I mean, you guys know I ride bicycles a lot. I think I have 12 bicycles in my garage between mine and my kids and my wife's. You got to have a big garage. For are you that. looking? Are you looking for acreage? We've done both. Uh, I wouldn't want any more than an acre. I don't want like super, super big. Well, you want something big so you can put like some jumps in there for your... You got to build a pump track. Yeah. An acre, you could do a total pump track. Acre would be perfect. You could have all kinds of other Two acres and you get a side by side and... My my place in Portland was an acre and the plan was to build the pump track and then I got moved, which was a bummer, but that's what we were going to do is clear out the back and do a little pump track. We've looked at one like that. We've we've looked at a ton, but we don't want to get too excited until... 
You can buy a ranch. Screw it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you don't have cattle, what's the point? That's true. Right. That's true. Very true. I will not be having any cattle. And a dinner plate belt buckle. Oh, yeah. I, I promise next time you see me, I'll have the belt buckle. Do you have, any, ra- do you have any Wranglers? I, do, I don't wear jeans. Can you wear jeans to your, your new office? No. Or no, no jeans business. Oh. Not, not suit business, but slacks. Texas fancy. Yeah. Hmm. But boots okay though, right? Boots with the if dockers? They're, if, they're, if they're dress boots. <laughs> so alligator boots are all right. Yeah, you got to go watch old episodes of Dallas and see how Ewing dressed. And that's how I'll Yeah, roll. that's how you got to go. <laughs> big collars, White big suits. hats. Yeah. Three-piece. Three oh, it'd be perfect. Well, so we know, I mean, obviously you, you want a house. That's your want. Is there anything over Christmas that you, uh, do you get anything cool? Not Christmas was pretty light this year. We really didn't do much. I got a Peloton bicycle. They're actually pretty cool if you've ever watched the commercials or yeah. seen all the viral hubbub. I have. But we, having a lady yell at you to keep spinning is yeah. pretty beneficial when you want to quit, so... But that's really the only big thing we got. We we stayed pretty light this year. Yeah. Less things to move. <laughs> so yeah, right. when you order that bike, how soon does it come? Or do you pick it up in a store? Like, I no, don't... no, 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 no. It's delivered. They they build it right there for you and, and kind of walk you through it. It took about, I'd say, 12 days, two weeks about. Are you allowed to own a Peloton if you don't have a conservatory? Or a view of some? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so their commercials are pretty hilarious. So yeah. their, their photos and whatnot. How many days of laundry can you store on the bike? <laughs> Isn't that what most exercise bikes end That's up being the, used yeah. for? Actually, right. Yeah, you, you can know, hang your shirts on the handlebar. and uh, Not many, actually, on this one. It would be very hard. To, not many flat services or things to hang on. How yeah. many times have you done it? Twice so far. You'll probably get good use out of it, Texas, because it's... Not ideal bike riding weather most of the year. Yeah, that's why we. That's basically why I figured I'd have to go indoors more. Yeah, and and I, I say because I've had all kinds of different trainers. It is nice to have somebody yelling, yelling at you, you right. encouraging like that does help. Yeah, and that's what you get the camaraderie on the road with other people. If you're just riding by yourself on a normal trainer, you don't have that. And it's pretty easy to be like, yeah, "This so sucks." Miserable. Yeah, I don't understand how a trainer is seven times hotter. It, like it doesn't matter how many fans you have, like it's the most miserable experience. Yeah. Why? Because you're not moving. You're not. I guess. Yeah, it's not that full body breeze no. as you pass through <laughs> through the air. It's absolutely terrible. What'd you get for Christmas, Matthew? So I got a uh, a new Casio G Shock. So it's a uh, carbon fiber Mudmaster. So it's how many in the collection? Uh, I have eight G Shocks in the collection currently. I have. Eight Nixon watches currently, and then I've got an Omega, a Citizen, and some other like random watches. Um, yeah, I uh, I gave my wife a, a, a couple of options. I liked some, these were a couple of different Casio G Shocks I liked. There was some um Seiko watches that I wanted, some automatics that were relatively low cost, or like 350 or so. Um, because my birthday and Christmas are close to each other, I figured. You know, if she wants to go all in and just do one shoot, big shoot thing, yeah. she could, yeah. Um, so she ended up getting me the uh, the Casio G-Shock, and apparently there was some awesome Cyber Monday deal somewhere, and she got it for a bargain. So cool. I got that. I got some socks with my family on it. I saw pictures. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. Completely unexpected. I, I like obnoxious socks. And uh, she had these made, and I can't remember the, the company, but it's basically, you would see it like online, but yeah. you send them pictures and you tell them what, part of the picture you want to use. So I have a pair of green socks with my wife's face, my son's face, and my dog's face so funny. on them. And the crazy part is, is 
They do all the work. So you just give them the raw image. They'll clip out the head perfectly. Oh, cool. And my wife is wearing hoop earrings. And they actually clipped out the hoop earring. You can see them. Oh, that's in, cool. Like, I was surprised how much detail they yeah. committed to. Um, so I, I got some socks with my family on them. Um, I got uh, another fitted hat for my massive head. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was really just about it. It was, it was kind of a, a small... We, we tried to scale it down this year for Christmas after last year. The... Uh, the post gift opening remorse when you open everything you're like that was a lot of stuff we just opened yeah do we really need all this you know it was kind of that second guessing we kind of did the same thing it was just weird this year well and, and my son has gotten to the point where he's like he doesn't really want much he's like oh no I'd, I'd rather go do something yeah. so I'm like well, all right so even his big gift was a uh, a razor crazy cart um because he's always cool. into drifting and, and carting and stuff like that so that was his big gift but even then that wasn't all that expensive we have uh we had some connections so we paid much less than retail for for that cart, but that was his big ticket item, and that was it. Well, that's cool. Yeah, so it, it was pretty nice and easy going. I got a pair of sheets or a set of sheets. A pair a set, set of sheets. A set of sheets. Fancy thread count. I don't know. They're white and they're sheets. They going. I I don't even know why. So now, somebody, I must have said something that you needed sheets, or I said something at some point, and my mom picked up on it, and I got some sheets. There you go. Yeah, bottle of booze. That's it. Yeah, yeah. practical gifts though. Yes, yes. And then we do, like, uh, on Christmas Eve, we go to my stepdad's family and we do, like, a gift exchange. It's kind of like White Elephant, but we actually put some thought, get stuff that people actually want. So I ended up with a, I needed a new meat thermometer, weirdly, and I got a new one. Oh, so did you put it to use, like, the next day, or? No, it's in the box. Oh. I, uh. I did get a a beard hair straightener. It's it's basically like a flat iron for facial hair. Oh, Lord. (laughs) I have a beard. Right. And, uh, and you want to straighten it. Yeah, well, because, you know, sometimes you get the crazy hair is that you you, know, you try brushing it out and just they stick out. Uh-huh. So this thing, it's, you know, it's negative ion energy and it's it has 150, 170, 190 degree temps. And it's literally like a flat iron like women would use to straighten their hair. Is it like a brush or like a clicky clicky? It's, it's a brush. Okay. It's a brush. And it's interesting. Huh. Like I never knew that existed. That doesn't look like you used it. <laughs> No, this is this is bedhead. Oh, okay. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For those listening in, usually we do this in the afternoon. This is a little early morning because Ryan has places to be this afternoon, and I'm wearing my PJs. There you go. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but it actually works. I tried it out for the first time yesterday, and it, and it makes a difference. I don't yeah. know how often I'm supposed to do it. Like I don't, I'm not down with the hair straightening process yet. But whatever. I had a, a barber. Well, I don't know if she was a barber. At any rate, I was getting my haircut asked her to trim my beard it's the last time i ever went to this lady she decided she didn't like the shape of my beard which was made me angry to begin with and then she starts giving me all this talk about you bet you have to straighten it she has to straighten her out like it looked ridiculous the second i walked outside i just fluffed it back up yeah Yeah, yeah. so bad yeah because i mean there's there's oils and balms and that i'm I'm down i'm down i use beard oil i use beard brand so if you're uh, out there listening beard brand I love this stuff, right? Yeah. I actually even use their hair care products. But their, you know, like all that stuff's fine. It's the straightening. That's a that's a step too far. Next thing you know, you're going to bobble your beard. My facial hair is very thick and dense. So having an ability to kind of straighten it out is not a bad idea. I just don't know how well it's going to work. But yesterday when I did it, I'm like, hey, makes a difference. But my yeah. beard isn't very long right now. I think the longest is maybe two inches of that. So no offense, but I'm not going to get the ruler out. Yeah, yeah. And measure your beard. But below the belt, it's phenomenal. Wow. That's actually, maybe that's where you use it. I had no idea. 
Tim, Tim is so glad to be here right now. I think that's the perfect place to end. I yeah. think so. Uh, well, thank you for being here, Tim. It was awesome. Um, yeah. Best I, of luck in Texas. We expect big things from you since you're going to a place where everything's big, yeah. I guess. We will miss you. And, Likewise. Uh, I don't think this will be the last we hear of you, but we'll miss you. Thank so you. that said, later, guys. You've been listening to the Ungrown Ups podcast. And for this, we apologize.